here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. All right, now what I like to do today, we gave you looking for that blessed hope in our series. We're in volume three, part four. Get this morning teaching because what I do is connect information. I just keep giving you information about the same subject. And I give you a different subject. Now today, we're talking about Hebrew chapter 2, uh, which we're going to look at in just a moment. Uh, let's go to that now. Let's just go to that now. Hebrew chapter 2 and verse 5 through 8. Hebrew chapter 2, verse 5 uh, through verse number 8. Uh, and we're talking about the superiority of Christ. Uh, the superiority of Christ. Remember last week we talked about Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we got to know who in you. You got to know who in you. Then I showed you this morning who was looking for the blessed hope. Of course, it was the 12 tribes of Israel. All right. So the key is my job is to give you the information. Your job is to allow the Holy Ghost to teach you, lead you, and guide you. Don't just think you're right. Take the information, let the Holy Ghost show you. you, you this, is, this is too valuable to guess. That's what, how we got in the mess we're in now. There were people who before us, when I say people, I'm talking about people who believe they knew the word and they went out and, write, went out and wrote books and uh, everything else and that's how we got it. We thought they were right. And that's how we base all the information we have. But now you're getting the actual information. Let the Holy Ghost show you who's right. And now you'll be able to base your salvation on the truth and not on speculation. All right, now in Hebrew chapter 2, verse number 5, let's go to work. The Bible said, For unto the angels has he not, that word not, he has not put in subjection, he has not put in authority, the world to come where we speak. Now, they talk, remember, you got you to see Israel before the coming of the Lord because after Christ comes, the dispensation of grace is going to start. After Christ comes and destroys the old heaven and old earth, then the, the, then the dispensation of grace would go, was going to start. All right, you have to see that just like it was in the days of Noah. Noah was before the flood. Well, after that flood came, and after they got out of that ark, a new dispensation started. What dispensation? Grace. The dispensation of grace started. Well, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord to be able to get him over there into that dispensation. That's why they didn't have no laws. That's why you got up on Abraham, and Abraham didn't have no laws. And law was not given to Moses. They didn't have no laws. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, none of those had laws. Laws did not come in until Moses. Moses took the children of Israel to the wilderness, to the Mount Sinai, and then God gave them the law. All right? Because they were getting ready to go into their promised land. So God gave us the new covenant because we were getting ready to go into at that time with, with, with uh, Paul gave us the gospel of Christ is because we were getting ready to go into the gospel of grace. Just like God gave the, 
the book to Moses to take the people into the promised land. God gave Paul the book, the new covenant, to take us into the gospel of Christ. All right, so that's why you, that's the gospel you preach now is the gospel of Christ or the gospel of grace. Or the new covenant, same thing. All right, so Paul is reminding them in uh, Hebrews chapter 2, one more time, verse 5. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come where we speak, but in a certain place testify, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visited him? Thou made him a little lower than the angels. Talking about Jesus Christ. You made him a little lower than the angels. Then you crowned him with glory and honor, and you set Christ over the works of your hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him, but now we see not all those things he said then. They couldn't see it because it was on the, the, new, the new world had not come. But Paul, God gave Paul the revelation, and God took us back to Ephesians. Let's go back to Ephesians 1, and let's show you this. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, uh, verse 19, we're going to show you that it happened. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the work of his mighty power, wherein which he wrought in Christ, talking about what he did when he raised Christ from the dead, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, for above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that's named, not only in this world, but also what's dead is again. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. That word to come was grace. It wasn't like, it was not like God going to kill everybody and start all over again. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a new dispensation. They were going into a new dispensation called grace. Just like Israel and the old covenant was going into the promised land. That promised land in the new covenant is Christ. All right, Christ is the land where all the promises dwell, if you can take it that way. Then it says in verse 22, and has put all things on his feet. See, not, not going to. He has put all things on his feet, gave him to be the head over all things, all the power he gave to the church. He gave everything to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So God gave everything to the church. Now that's what we left off, off with this morning. All right. He had given Christ the preeminence. Let me show you another verse in Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. See, God gave everything he had to Christ. So when you receive Christ, you got to know when you receive Christ, you are receiving everything that the Father has. God gave everything to his son. Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. Therefore, that all the house of Israel know surely that God has made that same Jesus. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 36. Uh, that all the house of Israel know surely that God has made that same Jesus whom you crucified. There it is. Both Lord and Christ. What are you saying? Let's go back and show you that. God has made him, given him the preeminence. Let's look at Colossians 1.15. Colossians 1.15. God has put all 
power into his hand. And he has given all that power to the church. And that's when he gave you the new covenant. He gave you all things when he gave you the new covenant. Ephesians, or Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Who, that word who is Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of every creature. By him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be throne or dominions, princip uh, dominion, principalities, and powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist or exist or held together. And he is the head of the body of the church. Watch this. He is the beginning. He is the firstborn from the dead. That in all things he might have, there it is, the preeminence. That word preeminence is my word I'm using, superiority. You might have the preeminence. But also the next verse, it says, I want to read that next verse. It pleased the Father that in him shall all fullness dwell. And that all fullness is the church. All right. It pleased the Father that. The church and the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost all is in one body. What an awesome God, God we serve. That's why the Bible tells us, no, you're not, you, you are the body of Christ. You are the body. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. All right? And God lives in you. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit which belong to God. All right, so let's go into this. This morning we got on some things to show you what God has given us, because uh, this is going to take us into, uh, we're going to start this one out, showing us in this world and the world to come. Jesus taught that principle. Go to Matthew uh, chapter 19, and we'll pick up where we left off this morning. That's how we're going to close the day, too. Matthew chapter 19, 27. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 27. Jesus talked about, what they will receive. Matthew 19, 27. Remember, we was talking about in this world or in the world to come. What will they receive? Peter was talking about what they was going to receive. Remember, this is not talking to us. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not to us. It was to Peter, James, and John, and the twelve, and Israel. We showed you that this morning when we gave you Acts chapter 26, verse 7 and 8. Acts 26, verse 7 and 8 showed you that there was 12 tribes of Israel was waiting for the Lord to return. Now, Acts, Matthew 19 and 27 said, Then answered Peter and said to him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed you, Jesus. What shall we receive therefore? Because Jesus was about to go into the new world or the new age, or they can put it that way, or the... Or the uh, dispensation of grace, and they want to know what they're going to get. Jesus was getting ready to enter into his kingdom. And they want to know what we're going to get. We, 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 we've been with you. So in verse number 28, Jesus said, Verily I say to you that he, ha he which has followed me. Then he's going to tell them what's going to happen. In the regeneration, now that word in the regeneration is the same as in the world to come. You want to say that with me? In the regeneration means 
in the world to come. All right, now remember, it was no different if Noah was speaking. Noah was before the flood. So what was Noah saying to the people? In the world to come, after this flood is over, after God has destroyed the old heaven, old earth, then you'll be able to get your inheritance. Well, you couldn't get your inheritance until you get into grace. The dispensation of the inheritance was in grace. Just like Israel. Israel could not get their inheritance until they got in the promised land. They couldn't get their inheritance while they was in Egypt, in the wilderness, but once they got in the promised land, they got their inheritance. So here, in verse 28, Jesus said to them, Verily I said to you, that you which have followed me, now he giving them what is going to happen, in the regeneration, or in the world to come, in the dispensation of grace, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Remember, the twelve tribes of Israel were waiting for him to come. They were going to be sitting on the throne with Jesus, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. You don't have twelve tribes of Israel now. And then now in the next verse, verse 29 and every one of you that has forsaken houses and brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers and wife and children and lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit eternal life. Then he said, many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. So let's go to Mark. In every one of these gospels, Mark chapter 10 Jesus is going to show them the same thing. I'm giving you Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's not in John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Now, in Mark chapter 10, verse 28, then Peter began to say, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. It's the same thing. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say to you, there is no man that have left brothers. Now, if you remember, when Jesus was in his ministry, he said, to come after me, you got to deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Then you had to leave father and mother and house and land. These guys, Peter, James, and John, left it all and followed Jesus. Now he said to them, what you going to get now? Verse 29. They left it for his sake and the gospel. Verse 30, but he, but he shall receive, shall, shall, in the world to come, in the dispensation of grace, after tribulation is over, after the new heaven, new earth comes, after Jesus come back. See, he wasn't talking to you, he was talking to them. But he shall receive a hundredfold now, now was before Jesus returned, in this time, he don't just say now, he tell you in this time, or just like what Noah would say before the flood. In this time, now. But then he don't stop there. Before Jesus come back, you receive houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and land and persecution, with persecution. But in the world to come, 
See, he's talking about the dispensation of grace that you living in now. In the world to come, eternal life. They couldn't get eternal life in the Old Testament. They couldn't get eternal life before Christ returned. They couldn't get eternal life until Christ came back. That's why you're able to get eternal life today because Christ has already returned. That's why Christ is our life. All right, now let's go look at the gospel saying Luke chapter 18. So you saw again in the world to come. Luke chapter number 18. I'm giving you all this for a reason. Luke chapter 18 and verse 28. The exact same thing I showed you in Matthew, Mark, now Luke. Chapter 18, verse 28. Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all and follow thee. He said to them, Verily I say to you, that no man that have left house or brethren or parents or wife and children for the kingdom of God's sake. Now, he, one place he said for the gospel, for my sake. Now he said for the kingdom of God's sake. Because now it was time to enter into the kingdom. Now they were getting ready to enter into the kingdom. Well, you didn't start entering into the kingdom this year. You're not looking to enter into the kingdom. You're already in the kingdom. You're already in the kingdom right now. Colossians chapter 1 told us that. I'll go there in just a moment, but let me read this last verse. He says, for the kingdom of God's sake. But verse 30 says, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time, remember, at the time that he was talking to them. Jesus hadn't died yet in this present time, but then he says, in the world to come. He's talking about the dispensation of grace. You're going to receive everlasting life. Well, they couldn't do that until Jesus died on the cross. But after that, then he had promised them eternal life. Let, let me show you what that, where he promised him eternal life. Look at 1 John. See, he's talking to the Jewish believer. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 25. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 25. He promised them eternal life. You got everything in Christ. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 25. And this is the promise. See, John is telling the church of God. John didn't minister to you. We're waiting on the verse. 1 John 2, 25. And this is the promise that he has promised us. And this is a promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. That's what he promised us, eternal life. So we're talking about the superiority of Christ. God promised us, promised them eternal life. John said he promised us eternal life. Well, you know they didn't promise us. Let me show you another, James 2, 5. See, if you go study Peter, James, and John, he wasn't talking to you. You and John, back up to James 2, 5. You got James, Peter, and John. Look what God, look what James called them. Has not God, has not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom? 
See, they were heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to them that love him. See, that's why he told them in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the thing God has for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by spirit, yea, the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So God promised them eternal life. Remember, I said to you this morning, you were not promised anything. Let, let's go back and show you that. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11. See, that's the problem. We think we were promised something. You wasn't promised anything in this Bible. We got everything because of God's grace. Let me say it again. You got nothing promised to you, but you got everything in Christ because of God's grace, because of the cross, because you put your faith and confidence in Christ's death, and resurrection. Now God gives you everything. Man, that's awesome stuff there. But these people was getting everything because of the Abrahamic covenant. Ephesians 2.11. Wherefore, remember that being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who will call the uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hand, that at that time, before you got saved, you were without Christ. Now watch what happened when you were without Christ. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We were strangers from the covenant of promise. We were strangers from the covenants, covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world. But now, see, but now is when you came to Christ. But now you who sometime were far off are made not, watch this, by the blood of Christ at the cross. So if Christ did not die on the cross for you, you wouldn't have nothing. What a mighty God we serve. All right, now, let's, let's move on because I, I want to take you somewhere else. Uh, I gave you those Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So I want to I go to Ephesians chapter 3 now. Chapter 3. Then we're going to show you what God has for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm reading out the King James. It says, For this cause, I, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you heard of the dispensation of the grace of God. Now, this is Paul introducing what the Gentiles will be getting. Now, why did he say the Gentiles? Because the Jews were taken out. So he's telling you that the, the Gentiles rejected the New Testament covenant. And the New Co Testament covenant will go now to the Jews, to the Gentiles, I'm sorry. And when I said Gentiles, it's going to be everybody who's left. The 144,000 was taken out in Revelation chapter 7. The 144,000 is gone. All the Old Testament promises was to them. But the New Testament promise was to them, but they rejected it. 
They got eternal life when Jesus returned. You got eternal life in Christ. Here, Paul is going to tell them God's plan, but they're going to reject it. Paul says, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. If you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Which in other ages, see that same word, ages is world, was not made known to the sons of men, as it is now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Holy Spirit. What did he show you, Paul? That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. See, we wasn't heirs of the old covenant. Now we are fellow heirs. Now we are the same body. And now we are partaker, watch this, of the promise in Christ. How? By the gospel. Now that's the only way we became partaker of the promise, eternal life. We become partakers of it. And we, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ by the gospel. So when you reject Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, you still can't get in on what God promised, which is eternal life. Paul said, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of his power. Remember I told you about that power this morning in Ephesians 1, 19. Paul was made a minister according to the work of his mighty power, which is his gospel. Paul said unto me, who am least than the less than the least of all the saints, is this grace given. God gave the grace of the apostle Paul for us. That I should preach among the Gentiles, here it is, the unsearchable riches of Christ. What are the unsearchable riches of Christ? That may be our next message, so I won't bother that. I gave it to you this morning. Paul said, To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Why did he do it? To the intent that now the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be known, watch this, by the church. Ephesians 1.22 said, We're given to the church. Now in Ephesians chapter 3, might be known by the church. He don't just want us to have everything, he wants to know everything. What a mighty God we serve. The manifold wisdom of God. According to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom you have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. Now, let's go into the word, shall we? This morning, I started talking about what God had given you. I want to pick that up, and then I want to go into my message, which I haven't even got into it yet, is the superiority of Christ. 
Now, when I, deal, when I deal with the superiority of Christ, which I'm giving you the first part today, is the superiority of Christ. I'm giving you his preeminence. I'm showing you he is superior in excellence. He's superior in honor. He's superior in virtue. He's superior in power. He's superior in all things. He's first. That's what he means. He's first in everything. If you want to see God move in your life, make sure he's first and not you. And you got to do that in your renewed mind. You got to think that way. When you really have renewed your mind, you begin to think God first. Everything comes in your mind, you begin to thank God first. Even when you receive blessings from the Lord, you know what you're going to start doing? Thanking God first. Because that's what you've done. You renewed your mind. Of course, God did it for you. Now, I told you to go this morning uh, in, in, in uh, Philippians 4, 19. Let's just walk through these so we can finish them. Philippians 4.19. Uh, we're going to go through each one of them. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. Now watch what the word says. But my God. <clears throat> Philippians 4.19 said, but my God shall supply. Supply, yeah, provide. All your need. But he told you how it's going to happen. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I told you I may have to teach next week on God's riches in glory because you got to know what his riches in glory is. Because God's going to supply all your need according to his riches in glory. Well, he's talking about according to the word. How do I know that? Because the next verse says, by Christ Jesus. That means by the word. So all the stuff that God has for you, it won't work without the word. Let me say it again. All of God's blessings, all of God's goodness that he has in your life, it don't work when you don't want the word. You know, I told the people this morning, Mrs. Crump, I think one of the greatest things that, I've, that really touches my life is when you see people who have an opportunity right now to get the word. Now, when they were going to church, they would come at 9, leave. Some would come at 11. You know, we got so used to God, we thought that's the way it's supposed to happen. But then there was a remnant that when they came at 9, they weren't going nowhere until that 11 is over. They're going to get everything God has for them that day. Now, that's what God wanted from us. See, people come at 9 o'clock and they say, well, I've already been the one, and then they go back to life as usual. So they'll never get a chance to see the first service. Come on, talk to me. See, that's what we're missing now. So when people come at 9 o'clock, they never get a chance to see the 11 o'clock people. So we'll see two or three hundred people here at nine o'clock. Then we'll see two or three hundred people here at eleven o'clock. But the but the nine o'clock people don't get a chance to see the eleven o'clock people. Because the nine o'clock came, 
I already been in church. So I walked back out the door, never see the 11 o'clock crowd. Or when I see them on the way in, on the way out. Now I think we can, all of us can see now that it's not how God wanted. Some have the ability to come to 9 and stay for 11. I believe that's what God wants us to do. To come at 9 and stay for 11. So we'll get a chance to see both, both people. We'll get a chance to see the church full. Because the 9 and 11 o'clock people will be at church. I believe this is what God doing to the church. So because we haven't been here since last March, now we're asking the question, when are we going to be able to get back in church? Oh, I sure miss church. Now what you miss is fellowshipping with the believers. That's what, that's what people are missing. They're missing fellowship. But you were missing fellowship when you would come to church one service. Because half of the church came at 11 o'clock that you never saw. Anybody listen? Now, I hope when the church starts up that you'll come at 9 and stay for 11. That way you'll get a chance to see all the church. Seemed like to me that hired all the work. If I've been out of church since March of 2020 and I can't get back to church, to, and I'm not saying this, but maybe and hopefully it could happen this way, March 2021, I'll be ready for, for 9 and 11, Miss Crump. I shouldn't run up here at 9 o'clock and say, okay, I'm gone. Man, I haven't had no church in a year. You better try to move back. I'm here for 9 and 11 today, brother. And I believe this is going to be our new beginning. Let me say it again. I believe that's going to be our new beginning. I used to say it all the time. I said, I went to church and I didn't intend to stay. But my soul got happy and I stayed all day. That's how it used to be in the church. When you came to church in the morning, you wasn't worried about going to the bus driver, can, can you take me home after 9 o'clock service? Now he got to miss the 11 o'clock service just to take you home. I believe all of that has changed. I believe when God opened them doors, I believe we're going to come in up in here and we're going to say, what a time, what a time, what a time. Then I saw burn within while the man opened the word of God to our heart. Give the Lord a big hand for that because I really believe that's going to how it's going to be that's when God opened these doors again. We're going to come up in here, we're going to get this word and we're going to be here from 9 and 11 and we're going to enjoy ourselves. Enjoy the choirs. Enjoy the praise team. 9 o'clock services, we usually have praisers sing. Well, if you're in the 11 o'clock service, you don't get to see the praisers sing. You only see the choir. 
So I believe you're going to come in in the morning and you're going to enjoy the praise and we're going to get up and praise and thank God for his goodness, his mercy, his love. Then we're going to be able to see the choir, enjoy the choir, and then get the word for both services. And fellowship with people who was here at 9 o'clock and who was here at 11 o'clock. I believe this is what God is doing to this church and hopefully to all. All right, now, God just gave us Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all of your needs, but he told you he's going to be according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now let's go and show you how God did this. Let's go back to Ephesians 1.22, just one verse. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 22. Let's see how this works. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 22. And has put all things, remember, he has put all things under Christ's feet. Remember, Christ is both Lord and Christ. So the Father put all things under his feet or under his power, authority, gave him to be the head over all things, watch this, to the church. He gave him to be the head of all things to the church. Let's go to Ephesians 1 and 3. So God gave all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So Ephesians 1 and 3 Told you God has given us all things to the church. Watch this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has passed tense. Blessed us with, here it is, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now I'm going to name some of those spiritual blessings out a while, but, I, well, matter of fact, I can give you some of those now. Let's look at 1 Corinthians. We did it this morning. 1 Corinthians 1, 30. Look at 1 Corinthians. See all these spiritual blessings. See what God would do, he would give you one and then you would be able to know the rest. He says, but of him, we're in 1 Corinthians one thirty. but of him are you in Christ Jesus and of God is made unto us. Watch what God has made Christ to us. He's our wisdom. He's our righteousness. Now, if he said wisdom, then you ought to be able to know what, what power give go with that. Knowledge and understanding. If he says righteousness, what power give go with righteousness? Peace and joy. See, you can finish them off. But all those is, is what God gave us. He gave us his sanctification. He gave us his redemption. See, he gave us justification. He gave us everything. Everything. All right, now. Let's go and show you that in Ephesians 4, 7. Now, Romans 8, 32. Let's do one more. Romans chapter 8. I got about 15 minutes. Romans chapter 8. And verse 32. And from here, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, watch what it says. Romans chapter 8. And verse 32, watch what the Bible says. He that spared not his own son, he, 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 he gave him up on the cross. 
He despaired not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, crucified him for us all. How shall he not with him, watch this, how shall he not with him on the cross freely, freely give us all things? Now he's talking about everything he owns and has. God riches in glory. All right, now let's go to 1 Corinthians. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, we're going to start reading verse 6. And like I said this morning, the problem is people can't walk in it, don't walk in it, they don't want the word. And I don't want to, I don't want to say that about the body of Christ but I see too many people, I mean, we, we've done it so long and we don't realize it's just religion. It, we leave home. We leave home because we go into one service and we're not going to stay for the second. We already made up of our mind what we're going to do. God has no control of my life. I'm going to the nine and I'll be home after nine o'clock services over. No control of our lives. The Holy Ghost don't have no say-so. We already made our mind up before we left home. I'm going to nine, and I'm not going to, and as a matter of fact, I'm going to be late for nine. Or I'm going to 11 o'clock, seven, going to be late for that. See, that Holy Ghost is not in control of that life. When the Holy Ghost is in control of a life, you do not say what you're going to do no more. James said, if the Lord will, we'll do this or that. See, that'll be your mentality. Let me move on because I only have a few minutes. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 6. How be it, Paul says, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world nor the prisoner's world that come to know, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world, watch this, before the world until our glory. So God has given you the new covenant before the world until our glory. Already provided you a new testament, which none of the princes of this world knew, Paul says. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, here it is, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered to the heart of man the things which God has, hath, hath past tense prepared for them that love him. But God. Just want to soak in. But God has, past tense, revealed them unto us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now you say, what man knoweth, not, knoweth the things of a man? Say, the Spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God knows everything God has for us. He just showed us in his word. Now we have received. 
not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. This is why God gave it the Holy Ghost. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, Romans 8.32. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God has freely given us all things. Why we don't have? Why we don't have? Why all our needs are not met? Let me tell you why. You don't want the word. See, you still set in your ways. I'm going to be at 9 o'clock service. I'm not going to 11. Now, you may say, well, Pastor, not now. Wait, well, listen. You at home, you don't have to get out your bed and come to church. Be honest. How many services do you watch a day? Just be honest. You got two services. We come here every Saturday, study all day for you. Come here every Sunday morning before you think about getting up to make sure we are prepared for you. Minister, minister the song to you every Sunday morning. Minister the word to you. How many of you get up in the morning, turn your TV on, lay in your bed, in your pajamas, and watch the service on television? And still people would say, Miss Crump, I ain't not going to watch but one service. It's not coming to church for two services. You can't even watch for one service. See, that's, the, that's what you got to change. And I believe that's what God is doing in the church. He is saying to the church, how long do you have to be without going to church? You need to change. When the doors of the church is open, stop telling God I'm only going to be here for one service. I'm not going to be here for two. Woke up this morning with my mind. That's how we used to sing down south. Stayed on Jesus. Sure, we used to do that. Because we had to get up in the morning time. Didn't have no water. Didn't have no car. Talk about this morning. We had nothing but a rowboat that we had to wash our clothes. We had to go down to the well to get the water and bring it back to the house so we would have the water. Had to go to the woods to get the wood before we can have a fire in, the, in our pot gut stove. We didn't have no car. We walked everywhere we went. And then when Sunday morning came, you know what we did? We walked to church. We had about two miles down the side of the highway where trucks passed by you. And you had to run back down in the ditch there to keep from all of the stuff to blow all over us. Walk to church and walk home every Sunday morning. Everywhere we went, we had to walk. But now we have everything. We don't just have to have our phone on. We can plug our phone up to our TV and watch the service on big screen TV. And then if we had to work, we can watch the podcast of the service the next week and watch the services from the week before or the week before or the week before or the week before. 
and yet we keep telling God our needs, amen. Now what it is, you don't want the word. Now let's go to work. Ephesians 4, 7. Let's see what God gave us. See how you're using it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Let's see what God gave us and let's see how you're using it. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 7. The Bible said, but unto every one of us is grace given. Every one of us. Unto every one of us, God has given us grace. His grace is his abundant favor, Miss Crump. His grace is all of his blessings. He has given all things to the church. At no charge means it was grace. Grace, we talk about grace, God's riches at Christ's expenses. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. Christ has to die so you can have his grace. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Once again, on every one of us, not some, every one of us, is grace given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. What else did he give us, Pastor? Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. What else did he give us? Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. The Bible said, Romans 12 and verse 3, I say to you through the grace given to me, Paul says, and every man that's among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has given to every man, here it is, the measure of faith. God has given every one of us his grace. God has given every one of us his faith to use his grace. He gave us his faith to access his grace. What else he gave us, Pastor? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. See, it's not the problem that God hadn't given it to us. We just got to, you know, I got to watch <laughs> this programmed. My daughter's children bought me for Christmas last year an Apple Watch. And if you sit down too long, the watch is going to say, get up, do something. You've been sitting there long enough. <laughs> oh, my God. Watch it tell you, get up. If you're going to reach that quota today, <laughs> praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. What else he gave us? But the manifestation of the Spirit. That's what he gave you. He gave us the manifestation of the Spirit. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man for what purpose? To profit. God gave you the manifestation of the Spirit to profit. Let's see what it was. One, he gave the Spirit of the word of wisdom. 
to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracle by the same Spirit, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongue, to another interpretation of tongue. All these work that self, one and self same Spirit, devouring, dis, dividing, dividing to every man severally as he will. Everybody got some of this. Not all of it, but everybody got a potion. And most people don't even know what they got. Don't stay in the Word long enough. Won't go to a church where you're going to get the knowledge of the Word. We just keep going somewhere where somebody give us a sermon and pat us on the back and give us a high five and see you tomorrow. And we worry about why we don't know. The manifestation of the Spirit. One more. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. Watch what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1 and 2. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, what else God gave you? He gave you his mercy. Why do you have his mercy? Because there are some people you're supposed to have mercy on. God gave you mercy for yourself, but he gave you mercy for others. The only way you're going get, to get along with some people, you're going to have to have mercy on them. You're going to forgive them and pray for them. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we, as we have received mercy, we faint not. But we have now renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. That's what God gave you. Manifestation of the truth. God gives me for you so you can get the knowledge of the word, instructions, and then the Holy Ghost will give you the manifestation of the truth. My time is up. I thank you for yours. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, why are we there? First Corinthians 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received in where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you unless you have believed in vain. I deliver you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. He was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. He was seen of the above 500 brothers at once. He was seen of James, then also of the apostles. Last of all, he was seen of me as one born out of due time. God, death, Burial, resurrection of his son, he offered you his salvation. You have not been saved. I'm offering you God's salvation. This is all he has for his son. But if you receive his son, he'll give you everything he has. My time is up. I thank you for yours. The door of faith is open unto you.
Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.